Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Yay! Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, it rang. The doorbell rang. That's the first time I've had that go off. <laughs> are you learning a new functionality or what? Uh, no, it depends on who, who's in first. So if you're in uh, first, you hear the doorbell go off when, I'm, uh, when I get in and, then, and vice versa. So, uh, well, the strange thing is you're the owner of the meeting, though. <laughs> well, I set it up in such a way that you could dial in before me. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, so if you, if you wanted to dial in before me, you can dial in before me, and that is what happened. How are you, man? Well, well I'm good. Given all the trouble I've had before, I usually try to get in there about 15 minutes early, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I, know at least I did it right the first time. <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Chris? Oh, great. I'm just having so much fun. You, so much your, your fun. sarcasm. So much dripping, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> so, what's really up, Chris? Go ahead. What's really up? I'm wishing I was living in San Diego right now. Why is that? Because, well, they're going to remove all restrictions. Everyone, oh. Everything's going back to normal. Yeah, the mayor, I think it was the mayor or somebody down there said, you know, enough of this. We're done. So, we're just going to lift all restrictions and be open as before. And I'm like, wow, I want to live there. <laughs> well, it'll, uh, so if they think COVID is a virus that spread virusly, taking mm -hmm. the mask off will spread virusly too. It'll be a less than a week. You think so? Yeah. Are you kidding? This is the funniest thing because pretty much every iconoclast in the country either lives in Portland or Seattle or San Francisco Bay Area. And they're all putting up with government control. I'm, I'm like, this is not the people I thought they were. Yeah. This, this yeah. is well, not the hate-ass brain. Free speech. We're all sheeple now. We're all no, sheeple. They're all like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're, well, I don't use the term sheeple because, but I, I understand why I would go with the NPCs. But... <laughs> <laughs> We're we're programmed. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a large in a large sense, we are. Um, mm -hmm. We're so in, so. This comes up with something I'm I'm, I'm working on. Um, mm -hmm. Creative thought is is going against two forms of pro, or at least two or three forms of programming, familial programming genetic programming and cultural programming. Mm -hmm. So you're fighting three battles at once when you're trying to be creative. Three battles at once. So you have it right. on three, three fronts. Right. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah, no I mean, that's why it's so hard. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we and the, re the reason I bring it up is because I one of the things years ago I don't I want to give away all my stuff but it not, it's not that is that I'm going to be plagiarizing heavily from somebody I found about twenty roughly twenty years ago a website mm -hmm. on creativity techniques 
And I, I said, oh, yeah, I, I want some of this. So I squirreled them away and saved them as like PHP files. Mm-hmm. And I found them again. And I'm like, this, this is live streaming right here because there's 100. I just got through renaming them with numbers on them. So there's 150 of them. And I'm like, yeah, I could do live stream on it. Like do the live streaming of the, of the theory itself and do workshops on the theory. So each like first, like a um, the the free thing would be this is it. The paid thing would be this is it plus. Yeah, and What's access the, to the all are now. Isn't huh? that all are now? Isn't that how they all of this stuff is now? It's yeah. It's, well, the free, free is, is it theory? Is it we pay? We're paid for theory, and then we pray for the hard work. Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. That's like college. <laughs> I told my students once I looked at them, I said, I'm the worst boss you will ever pay for. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at me and I said, they said, what are you talking about? And I said, you're paying me to treat you like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. I, you it never is. thought of it that way, but it is, it's totally true. <laughs> So, you know, so you you came in here voluntarily and you see your power and control to me to do to you what I'm about to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you're paying and you're paying through the nose for it, too. You're paying. Well, yeah, I, don't, I, I thought it was bad then. I think it's it like $200 a semester hour, something like that. <laughs> and I think it's like over a thousand now. I'm not even sure anymore. Not Not on my college. If if this college is getting a thousand dollars an hour semester hour, there they inflation has hit them much stronger than I thought it did. Anyway, anyway, so last week we didn't really get to your topic. Yeah. So I'm going to shut up this week and listen to what you've got to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't work uh, that way. See, I yeah, I I think I've worked out this relationship. Is you sit and listen to me spout, and then you bring in your commentary. <laughs> it goes both ways, man. It goes. Oh both yeah, ways. yeah, yeah, yeah. Equal opportunity. Uh... <laughs> I, I would say that would be balanced, but I just gave you a chance to balance it out, and you didn't take it. So that tells me there's an imbalance there, and you want to maintain it. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. If you want, I can. I can oddly incorrect. That. Are you telling me that's oddly incorrect? <laughs> that's extremely incorrect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, last week we closed off the show by saying we want to talk about uh, talk about these bands and and how it it just feels like it's banning fun because over the Labor Day weekend, I think I mentioned this to you last time, is. They banned uh, going to the beach, Uh, you know, a giant expansive beach where people should have no problem being, you know, six feet apart. They could wear masks when they're not in the water, yada, yada, yada. So, so, and then I I hear that this is happening all over the place. Like whenever I hear somebody talking about something that would be normally fun to do, they're banning it. Like they're banning, they're banning this and they're banning that. It's like, well, you know, what, what are they trying to do? Are they, do you think that they're trying to ban fun? Or do you think in their minds that they're really thinking, oh my God, we're so worried about this thing still. Are, do you, are we still in that phase where 
you know, we're worried about this? I mean, I guess that's what I'm asking is that, do we really need to do this? Do we need to do all this banning? Anymore? No, we don't. So, so yeah. if that's a yes or no question, no, we didn't need to do all the banning. If, if we had taken a rational approach that we had used for centuries, we would yeah. have quarantined the sick people when they got sick and, and separated them from the healthy people. No, what they did this time was quarantine the healthy people from everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that that goes against centuries, of, and they came up with this thing, asymptomatic. I don't know if you've seen this re- recently, but asymptomatic is is dependent on on whether you get sick and spread it, is based on your viral load, which is basically how dense your um, COVID vi- uh, virus is expelled, or what do they call it. Uh, it's like sloughed, I think. Yeah. Sloughed, is that it? Yeah, yeah. It's like when you when you're sneezing or whatever. It's like that. That's where those six, this this six foot rule came from, right? No, the six foot rule was made up by a kid in high school, and they just adopted. You go out and try to find the science on that, and let me know what you find out. You got to look everywhere, right? Huh? One of the early, I saw one of the early press conferences where Fauci was asked, are you sure it's six feet? I thought it was 20 feet. And he goes, what are you talking about? I can't sneeze that far. Yeah. This is just a, it's so a like, made up like thing. Six foot sneeze, is that it? Well, <laughs> really the, I, I originally, when feet. I first came up with it, or first looked at it, it was a meter. It was a meter mm-hmm. thing. And, I, and knowing Knowing management and how they try to do it is well. If it's a meter, it's bigger is better, so they yeah, double it. Yeah. yeah. So it's two meters. So, so it's two well, meters in in in, uh, in Europe and other countries. It's uh, I think it is two meters, right, or one and a half meters. I forget it's exactly. One, and a, one or one and a half, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely not a meter. <laughs> but wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, you just like you just blew my head off right there. What are you saying? This came up. This was come up by a high school student. That's what when I when it first came out, and I, I don't know that you can even find it anymore. But I went out and looked trying to find the science on this because you know we're following science, which is the yeah. most. This is postmodern science. I, oh, I can tell you we that. We follow science. Science is. We, it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is a different science than I was taught in high school. I can tell you that. Um, this is, I went out and looked for the science and what I came up with is it was a, it was a science project for my high school kid. Really? That's, that's what I found. I never found a scientific paper. I never found anything that was linked to any, anything other than as a first origin. I never, I could never find the paper that said that. But I did find uh, like a website saying that this was a, 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 a science project for a junior high kid. Wow. I'm, I'm not in California or, or maybe England. That, maybe England. Maybe that's where it is. So they, if that ever comes out, boy, they're going to be, there'll be plenty of people ticked off. Which well, it just came out. It just came out now on our show. But, uh, well, I mean, Oh yeah, we have such credibility. I hate to go up against CNN. 
dude, you talk about, you know, we are more credible than CNN. Come on. <laughs> well, know? yes, because you and I, we're both schooled in something called science before postmodernism has hit it. I've really looked into more or thought about this more. Postmodernist does not, they, first of all, they don't believe in any truth. A tr yeah. It's true if they have based it on a citation. Hmm. You, do you understand what that means? Yeah, all well, they have to do, when we talked last week about me getting upset about my male-female communication relying on red book articles, yeah, that yeah. was that was postmodernism right there. That yeah. all they did was find an article that that supported their position and cite it. That's all they had to do, and that's. But the source probably not, why I rejected it. Authoritative. The source is not authoritative. It is authoritative. It's not true. Red book. Red book's authoritative. <laughs> it is a It's authoritative as any. If you don't believe in objective truth then it's got as much credibility as anybody else does. That's true. That's true. So they, so it is science denied. Like the thing I think, thing I think is really funny is that they all call people like us science deniers when they're denying science themselves. Well, they're and, not. Uh, so this is where they play. This is where Marxists play with words. They're calling science deniers and then they deny science themselves, but they don't go into Science is, is science. They don't go into yeah. the specifics of the science because we know there's a lot of them. Is it microbiology? Yeah. Is it evolutionary biology? Which science? Is it virology, epidemiology? Which science are we working with? Right. Right. Well, okay. They, let's, let's, here's an example then. Let's talk okay. about uh, transgenderism because this is a pet peeve of mine. Go it's ahead. Like, uh, even the, psycho, even the American Psychological Association or whatever they're called has, has put transgenderism into a mental illness category. It's body dysmorphia, right? Or something like that. It so was it in is classified as a mental illness. Four, but I don't right. know if it's in DMSF5. Well, wherever it is, it's definitely classified as a mental illness. That, well, that's what I'm illness. trying to say is... Which version, of the, which, which version of the diagnostic and statistical manual is it in? Is it in four or five? Because one of them is, you're right, and one of them, and I'm not sure about I, Five, it might not be. And go ahead. So go ahead. What you're going to say. Is, well, here's is, my question. Whether it's, whether it's uh, you know, four or five or whatever, like whatever, wherever it is on the scale, it's definitely classified as some type of mental illness, right? And, and basically what it's doing is it's driving people to physically, physically sort of change their bodies because of a mental illness. And when we had, you know, typically when we had mental illness or science would say that if someone is mentally ill, you try to cure them or at least try and take them further away from the mental illness and not encourage the mental illness. I mean, you wouldn't take an anorexic and say, okay, you know, keep, keep, keep not eating or, you know, starve yourself to death. That's okay. But why is it okay for us to say, you know, a transgender person or someone who feels transgender can go ahead and medically manipulate their, their physical organs. It makes no sense. I mean, is, is it, is that not an anti-science, anti-science 
uh, position? To, to it is. Well, look at, look at the, the science that you and I believe fact. in, yes. Yeah. So but are I, you saying that there's another kind of science which is not modern science? Because <laughs> I, I, so. thing? That's a, there's actually well, a postmodern. There's got to be. Because a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff wouldn't hold water in hard science. I mean, I. The climate I, change. I, climate change, yeah. Okay, well. There, there. Uh, let's not go there. Let's stay, let's stay with the transgenderism because it's okay. Transgenderism. As far as I'm concerned, it's a mental it's a mental disease. It's it's a disorder that needs to be treated, right? But not treated by saying, "Yeah, you you go, girl, and uh, and get yourself get yourself all uh, you know uh, physically uh, disfigured," because that's what it is: is disfigurement, right? Well, okay. So I don't care if they disfigure themselves all they want to as long as our tax dollars and medical dollars are not paying for it. If they can pay for it themselves, they can do a GoFundMe no, and, I, and do it all, you know, voluntary. This is like uh, the lottery. No, no is, I completely if, agree with if, that. If, uh, if, if they want to do that. it, totally let them do it. But yeah. when they are trying to tell, tell us as a society that we need to pay for their, um, we need to pay for their, uh, what do you call it? Body, body, body modification. Or, yeah. I think I would call it disfigurement because. Yeah. You, either, either way, it's just, it's a loaded word either way. Yeah. But the thing being is from what I'm seeing, uh, particularly when you're talking about transgender a- athletes, the one that, you know, the guys that uh, I think it's Connecticut or somebody that have said, Transgendered athletes cannot compete against biological women. So there is a difference because transgendered athletes, it doesn't sound like they have gone through the physical change. They just claimed they were, and this is a problem with, with gender, transgenderism, is you can, you can identify as anything and no one's supposed to challenge it. Mm-hmm. But the repercussions of that had real effects on women athletes because they were winning all the time. And we're talking about people who've been running and running under a certain set of rules. And all of a sudden the rules were the scope. uh, Yeah. The scope of the rules were changed to be more inclusive with air quotes. Yeah. And, And the ones that were the women that were running as, as biological women were at a disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. Because you have, you're, they're competing in, there's biological males competing with women. Right. And it just, it just makes no sense that they would be treated exactly the same way. That's why I'm saying all of this stuff is just a sheen on top of things. You know, if you really wanted to be conspiratorial about it, you could even say that they're just doing it to, to actually win. Because if they're they're a middling athlete, talking this, that is exactly what they're doing. That's exactly, yeah. So they're just they know that they're never going to be able to win in, in as a male. So they decide to become female. So they know that they can they can they can crush their opposition. I mean, it's it's an obvious thing, right? It's just why do we pander to this stuff? I just well, don't. Well, it's so it, obvious do, that you, it's being protected by uh, a lot of people. Yeah, I'm waiting. I, 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 like I said, I think I mentioned. I think Connecticut was is the only one that I recall coming in to do this. 
which surprised me because I would have figured that UIL, which is the University Interscholastic League here in Texas, I would have figured they would have come in to do something about that by now, and they haven't. Do they maybe have they're waiting for cases? a case. And maybe they're waiting for a Texas case where they can rule on it instead of the hypothetical. Yeah, I, probably. Or, or waiting there, they're waiting to see that that um, when it happens that that the proponent, not even the preponderance, there is no competition. That the the transgender women athletes versus biological women athletes, there is not even a preponderance. They always win, and these always lose. I can't yeah. even imagine where the feminists are, are on this one. I just like, <laughs> what are you? Where are you? <laughs> I. <laughs> I can't. Even, I mean, I can't, female I can't, empowerment doesn't mean transgender empowerment. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not knocking them. I'm not saying they can't do that. Why don't they have? A, if we're going to have three classes, why don't we have three classes of of athletes? There, there are probably enough of them across the country. Maybe it won't be statewide. Maybe, it'll, maybe it'll have to be. Um, regional or something like we'd that. Need four. We'd need four. We'd need four because you'd have the transgender, the transgender women who are her who are uh, originally men, and you have to the transgender men who are originally women. So we'd need four leagues. Yeah, but I don't think transgender women who are uh, no transgender men who were originally women. I I don't see them on the on the courts or on the track right, because it's, never, I've never, it's always been one directional hmm? it's typically a physical event right, right. so yeah no no I, I i see your point but i guess you know i completely agree that if somebody wants to do this to themselves you know they should be able to do it but it's like our standards of of mental illness have shifted in such a way that these things that are were originally considered a problem are now encouraged and not only, and I think it's more dangerous for, for children because I think that's where you've got to go, wait a minute, these kids are still forming, sexually forming, and you're giving them all this uh, propaganda to try and make them think that they're this way or that way. I think I told you this last time is that so ever since the lockdown, all these transgender girls who wanted to be boys have stopped doing it and vice versa because they don't have that social, you know, every, day in, day out, you know, the teachers, there's other ah. kids pressurizing them into doing it so you know i think it's all sort of like a social manipulation to try and get kids to be more like this you know why Would is this so prevalent saying today? that it's being encouraged gender is a social construct i can't imagine <laughs> you would say that i'm not saying it i'm saying they're saying it well, should be because you're just <laughs> you just gave me a good evidence that it is a social construct <laughs> why do you no, how do you say that it's like it isn't it's it is. absolute, it's what? Okay, gender as opposed to sex. So, right? so yes, as it is a social construct. Remember what you just said is that transgender uh, children are not, are kind of reverting back to the biological because they don't get that daily reinforcement of being with their peers, that's the social side, and constructing their, their gender. Exactly. It's a social construct. And this was peered yeah. not only... You were, you were saying it was teacher-driven, but it was probably also peer-driven. Oh, yeah. And we know... Society-driven and whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> we know that as kids, we we will do any almost anything to fit in. Uh, there, yeah. are, um, I made many attempts, didn't make many of them successful, which should have been a precursor for the way I was going to be as an adult. But you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, let me bounce this off you too, then, because I'm thinking that it's probably more prevalent that uh, boys want to be women because they are now seeing the power, the power balance leaning towards women as opposed to men. Absolutely. Are you, are you, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, it used to be that the men were in charge, right? When we were growing up. And I don't that, know that we were ever in charge, but go ahead. <laughs> well, overtly in charge at least they thought they were in charge yeah it's kind of like that mike big fat greek wedding you know the 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 man is the head of the house but the woman is the neck right yeah so (laughs) but but there used to be now it's like wherever wherever these kids look the women are in charge like they're in charge here they're in charge there they're running this they're running that it's like the position of power and the position of ambition that people want to be in is female Right. And then women are walking around with these futures female T-shirts on and stuff like that. It's kind of like, you know, where's where is the, the male in this society? We're, we're, we're a subspecies. He's leaving. Now. So there's there's a guy <laughs> called the Joker. And I'm pretty sure he is out of the pickup artist community because there used to be a there used to be a guy in that community. And he does YouTube videos on okay. on. He doesn't talk about the community, but he certainly talks about uh, sexual politics, uh, meaning what you just talked about is where are the men? And he's got some, let's see, hypergamy. Have you heard of this, hypergamy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I listened to Rolo Tomasi. Do you ever, you ever heard the rational I, male? I've heard the name. I, I have not, yeah. I've not listened to him. Yeah. No, he's good. I mean, that's his whole, that's his whole thing. Is right. all about you know men taking back their their masculinity and stuff like that, which is I mean it, all, it makes it all makes sense, uh, and it's just <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, and then I have another point after that. Okay, well what he what he was saying is you're asking where are men going? Well, what he's what his last video, I think yesterday, he was going through hypergamy, but he was giving he was showing the numbers that how it works in math. In the mathematics, uh, not with formulas, but with kind of graphic representation, that <laughs> a guy, a guy, this is going to be crass, it's all got, a guy can sleep with a 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and he might go down as far as a 5 mm-hmm. on the women's side. Women will only tend to sleep with a 10. Yeah. <laughs> and this being right. a, t- a seven, eight, or seven, eight, or nine, they'll only sleep with a 10, only with a 10. That's so right. there's a number, there's a number disparity going on there. And when you're saying where the men, well, the men are going to figure out pretty quick that it ain't worth their mon- time, money, and effort to go out there. And that's what, that's what his argument is. I kind of, I take that a little differently in, in that, what instead of going for one woman, which is what I've always done because I was I was the one woman man, mm-hmm. which is probably the stupidest thing I ever came up with. <laughs> Nobody is, does it anymore, you know. Huh? 
said nobody does that anymore. <laughs> well, it took me a long time to come up with that because what it is, what that is, is putting all your eggs in one basket. And when that right. basket falls, your eggs all crack. Okay. Yep. It took, it took me, I was in like either close to 50, I was in between 45 and 50 when I came up with that. I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. He calls it spinning plates. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, um, they call it monkey branching. That's another one. So. <laughs> but here's my, so, so are you done with your point yet? So yeah, can, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so my point is, is that um, another thing that I've noticed is that it seems to me that the Democratic Party is being taken over by women too and run by women. And isn't Black Lives Matter also run by women as well? So we're seeing They this. were originally founded by, by uh, Marxist. I think she was from Canada, I think. Yeah. But so yeah, she's the Marxist. Yeah. So is the Democratic Party and the, and the, and BLM and a few other, like a lot of these organizations are run by women. And I notice in the, when you're watching videos of riots and, and looting and stuff like that, a lot of the people who are the most vocal and the most violent are the women. Yep. So do you think there's something like, there's something going on here that, yeah. That, okay. So you've hit on something. Is it female I, empowerment or <laughs> what's going well, on? Well, in, in kind of a sense, one, one of the things, and this, I don't think this is Olinsky, but it's Marx's doctrine is for, to recruit women because males will be hesitant to go after women. Ah. They're taking advantage uh, I mean, it's, it's like uh, women and children. They will put mm -hmm. them um, human shields. We're seeing what we're seeing what uh, Saddam Hussein used in Iraq uh, nearly 20 years ago. Not quite 20 years uh, ago. Pretty close. Okay. Human shields. Go on. Go on my Facebook page and look at the how it how it breaks down what what is might be how they're organized. So they have the frontline people, then they have the people behind the frontline people that look peaceful that are throwing the, the frozen bottles of water. I mean, it, it breaks it down. And so I think I put it as um, protesters division, division of protesters or something like that. I was going after division of labor. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that graphic. Yeah. Yeah. So that they can be all things to all people visibly. Mm. Particularly if you've only the, got- Is this where the wall of moms came from? The wall yeah. of moms? <laughs> Which is so, I mean, look at them. They all have the same shirts. Who's paying for this? We all know somebody's paying for it. Oh yeah, someone's definitely behind all this. This is, this is, this is it's like they, <laughs> it almost likes, it feels like we're into like a, a James Bond movie where you've got some evil Blofeld type villain at the back, you know, funding all this stuff. It's Spectre, and man. It's Spectre. It's Spectre. It's, and George Soros is at the top of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I well, no, I don't know. He's at the top, the of, it, child. top of it. He's the, he's, he's, sir, or, well, if you want to go up the chain, go up to the, the most secret one that I've heard of is Pacer. Have, is you, have you run across the 13 bloodlines? Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked yeah. about it one time before. <laughs> yeah, those, those you you look at them. Reynolds, really, Reynolds? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, really? 
I know Reynolds. I don't. I wouldn't think of them as part of the Illuminati thirteen bloodlines. I'm mean, like, okay. Oh, yeah. So Rockefeller, yeah, that I can see that maybe. Now there's still some stuff that needs to kind of gel for me to go all the way Illuminati crazy, but right. Mason, yeah, I can I can go with the Mason stuff. I okay. I I've probably seen enough that I could go with that. But then if 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 they are like let's say whether or not there's a shadowy organization behind all this stuff, I still don't understand the end game. That's the whole thing that I'm I'm still not getting. Very it's, interesting thing. Time. It's like Sorry. what are these democratic mayors thinking? Like where you know you know, turning their cities into these you know, war zones with looting and, 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 and destroying small businesses and, and people just fleeing, like people with money fleeing, people without money fleeing, like everybody's just like, I don't want to be here anymore. And, you know, because of COVID and working from home, a lot of people don't need to be in cities anymore. And cities have become these terrible places now, or at least Democrat run cities. And they just seem to not want to do anything about it. And what, I mean, I still don't understand what their end game is here. What are they trying to prove? What are they trying to get out of it? I mean, it's, it can't just be a purely, oh, I don't want to call on Trump ego th- thing, is it? I mean, uh, what's your thought? So what is the engine, what is the engine of capitalism? That's what I'll say. The engine okay. of capitalism is collectives like cities. And we're, we're not talking like cities where I'm at. We're talking about the area you're in is a is one of those engines of capitalism, right? How do you destroy that? So you're saying that they're purposely destroying their engine of capitalism because they're anti-ka. By the way, that's then that's my new phrase for antifa. <laughs> and antifa. what was it? Say it again. Antica, anti-capitalism, right? It's oh not- yeah. Uh, it's anti- an, an, so it's anti-cap. Oh, anti-cap. Okay. Antica. It's not antifa. It's antica. But so you really there? Why? I mean, so you're saying if you're a Marxist, something like London Breed and all these people, Cuomo, etc. They're purposely destroying capitalism in their cities, so that what? I mean, what? You can, what, like, what's, you can what, rebuild. You can rebuild society. So you can rebuild it from the ground up. Okay. So I mean, if that's Marxist doctrine. (laughs) If everyone leaves, everyone is leaving and they're not coming back. Why would they ever want to go back? Like who is going to go Well, so, okay. Marxist doctrine is, is the superstructure. Let me see if I can remember it now. Oh, I'll look it up. There's the a superstructure. The go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the only side I can, the only upside I can think of, is that it's going to create an environment where the supply is going to be so high that the prices are going to drop precipitously, and you know poor folks can move back into the cities, but only because they've become war zones and most people wouldn't want to live there, right? So your four thousand square foot box. $4,000 a month square foot box that you're living in uh, in San Francisco is going to become a 200 a month square foot box, you know, in a war zone where you might be shot. Yes. Doesn't that work against That also works with their, with, with their idea of destroying personal property, individual property right. rights. To, I mean, 
at some, and the reason, the reason being is $200 a month from $4,000 a month. That's pretty much destroyed in individual property rights. Right. You're making, you're landlord, making housing. Landlords aren't going to make any money at that. They're, right. they're going to be, they're going to say, I'm going to sell. So they're going to sell to some slumlord who's going to run the building and they're going to have to drop the rents all the way down to practically nothing in order to get people to live in those places. So you really think that that's it? Because I'm seeing essays already talking about people moving back to the cities because they've been able to drive out the capitalists and, and now it's going to be livable again because it'll be cheap. Ah. Artists can move back to the city because it'll be cheap. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Have you lost your marbles? Sorry. So, so it's basically, okay, so what will happen? So this, this is like reverse gentrification is what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Let's destroy it all. Get it cheap again so artists and, and bohemians can move into it again so the gentry can come by, back and rebuy it at a higher price. Could be a profit. There's a business model in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe at the back end, all of these mayors are buying up, uh, buying up properties or having people buy up properties. Well, you're hit, you, you, the- hit, you hit on a strategy, but you got the wrong... You got the wrong, they don't have any money. Mayors don't have any money. Bankers do. Oh, okay. Bankers do. Oh, you're saying, so the bankers are running this. They're trying to destroy the cities through the mayors so that they can, well, you know, and then of course, there's always the Amazon angle, right? That, that Amazon is fomenting this because they want to drive more people to buy stuff from Amazon instead of going to local shops. So that's, that's another angle. And then to go along with that is they get the benefit of keeping us separate from each other, meaning that we can't build coalitions to go against them. Yeah. So it's really Jeff Bezos who's behind all this. Well, yeah, you could say that. I I wouldn't. (laughs) So this is where it gets strange on the conspiracy side, because you go out and look at the family histories of Bezos and and Bill Gates, have you looked at those? Well, I've looked at Bezos because I thought for a minute he was Greek, but he's actually not. He's uh, he's um, he's a he's pretty white, and he's his dad is. There's no mention of his his actual biological dad, but he was adopted by his by his uh, stepdad. Isn't it and amazing how often that kind of shows up? And he's uh, so he took on his stepdad's name. And he was stepdad was Hispanic, I believe, uh, but his mom was whiter than white from Phoenix. Hmm. Well, look, so, in, look yeah. into his mom and dad and see more about them and see what you come up with. I will tell you, you should look at Bill Gates' dad if you haven't. Well, he was a lawyer, right? Wasn't he? A yeah, lawyer? but look at who look at what he was who he was associated with. All right. And, and, and you can see, you can see why Gates popped up on the conspiracy boards that he was, that he was um, trying to make, I I will say that he, this kind of illustrates why he is considered a vaccine expert without any medical training at all. He bought his way in, he bought his way in. Well, I heard that uh, the vaccine, he had some vaccine go bad in Somalia or some other African country and it yeah. just like infected everybody. 
<laughs> so it did the actual opposite of what it was meant to do. Yep. Anyway, well, there, I so I don't so say it infected, thing, but it caused um, it caused uh, defects. I, I'm not. I won't say birth defects, but there were some uh, physical repercussions from that vaccine. Best hmm. I remember. And it's and you go you go into Africa, they felt Africa and India. I think both of them, they feel like they were being used as guinea pigs for his experiment. Yeah, I would not be surprised at that. I would not be surprised at that. So, so you're saying, so let me just get this straight. You're saying that there is a drive for all of these individuals to... I'm saying there's a rationale. I'm not saying there's a drive because I don't know that. I'm just saying that you look at it, the end result, if they believe in ends, ends, ends let's see, me, ends, the ends justify the means. If they are following that, then they're, de they're definitely getting them in results that they wanted, whatever means. So you're saying it's a, it's a let's burn it all down and start over from scratch. If they're, if they're following Marxist, yeah, if they're going on the Marxist thing, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because Marxism underneath it is, is and I found it in Marxist theory, uh, this is from Wikipedia. In Marxist theory, society consists consists of two parts: the base and the superstructure. The base comport, comprises the forces and relations of the production into which people enter and produce the necessity and amenities of life, and that is directed by the superstructure, which is you can call them elites, you can call them CEOs. Uh, you can you can call them anything you want to, but they're basically an abstraction from the from the division of labor from the from the uh, proletariat. Mm -hmm. They're they're different. Yeah. So how do you change how do you change society using Marxist thought? Is you have to change the superstructure because if you don't change the superstructure, they will recreate the base. So to, to change the superstructure, you have to drive them out. Well, you have to make it like we were saying with the landlord selling to the slumlord, you, you have to devolve them. And I'm mm -hmm. not even sure whether that would work because I think, uh, what do they call it? It's uh, the fungibility of capital, meaning the, it, it, it moves a lot. You got to do it. So you would have to, drive out a lot of very wealthy people and say there is no other place for you to park your wealth. And I, I don't think we're anywhere near that. No, uh, no, it, no, I agree. I agree. That, the, that, I, I think that the, the true elite, the people who run things aren't going anywhere because they're well protected enough. Look at somebody like Nancy Pelosi or uh, the dude who runs Salesforce. Uh, his name escapes me for the moment. But you think these guys are going to leave San Francisco? Never, never. They're just, well, they're just, they do. They're just eliminating a few layers below them. <laughs> yeah. So, so even I don't, I'm not even sure driving out. So Nancy is somewhere around 230 million, something like that, and some change. Yeah. Maybe 250 yeah. somewhere. I don't know. I know Salesforce. I mean, I mean, I know what it is, but I don't know the guy's name. Uh, hadn't crossed yeah. my radar enough for me to yeah. for me to stick. 
Um, Mark, Mark Benioff. Mark Benioff. Yeah, no, that one, I, I probably have heard it, but it hadn't stuck in my mind yet. Yeah. But, well, he's, but, he's like a multi, multi-millionaire and he built his own tower, right? Salesforce Tower. has changed the entire um, landscape. skyline of, of San Francisco. So, I mean, he's bought into that place big time. So that's what I'm saying is that these these ultra elites aren't going anywhere. I think they're just driving out the the uh, the semi rich, <laughs> like the three <laughs> percent, and they're keeping the one percent for themselves because they're so well protected, you know. And there's they make so much money that, that none of these little things affect them at so all. So if we were to apply hypergamy to wealth, hello, we're doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I think I think you're right. I think that's exactly what's happening. We're, they, reducing, we're, we're increasing the 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 sixty. We're increasing the size of the sixty percent. As uh, I won't say one percent because I think it's more than that. But as the as at a certain level, I don't know what the threshold is, but they start working with each other for scale and scope. Right and and. And whenever they get into that realm, they are cutting out people and setting up uh, legal barriers to keep people from coming in to their business. Hmm. There, I mean, it's almost it's a, and I'm not knocking them as doing it because it's been done forever. Oh yeah. You know, this is this is the benefits of being able to have something that is so valuable that other people want to work with you. And they, and you know, uh, how do they call it? This is, this is like when, when I was in San, uh, not San Francisco, when I was in Huntsville, it came, it came up about, um, seemed like this was Amazon in my mind. The Amazon did not want to work with anybody that wanted them to sign an MDA, an NDA. Mm. And the reason being is because they would have to hire a staff of lawyers to manage each NDA that they had. And they said, look, we don't want your, we don't want your idea. We want to use it, license it or something, but we're not going to sign an NDA because they have to have a staff of lawyers to make sure that everything we do from now on does not infringe on this NDA. Right. So for business sense, let's just partner up, you know, and that's, that totally makes sense to me. I totally, you know, I, cause I was, this was going on. I thought it's so cool. I've got two or three NDAs, even back from 2001 or 2002. I'm like, not that I would ever think about it. Cause I barely even know the details. So I, so it's like really cool to have signed the NDAs. Okay, means nothing other than I signed that I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I don't know enough to say. I mean, okay, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wasn't privy to your intellectual property other than you had an idea. And trust me, ideas are a dime a dozen. They, you, you can generate them. So. Yep. You and I probably had fifteen since we started this phone call. Yeah. <laughs> No surprise. No, so no. Let's no. go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to uh, banning fun. 
Do you okay. think they're banning fun? Do you think they're banning fun? Because, or maybe no, is it okay, so that, uh, people getting together is fun? <laughs> That's why they're banning it. <laughs> well, people getting together makes money. That's yeah. that's the thing, is because people getting together makes money. And I, I take that look at what's going on with football, basketball, baseball. They're they're cutting and they're depending on virtual audiences. Mm. Their their profit model is not people in the stand. Their profit model is people is eyes on TV. Right. They're losing even that. <laughs> well, yes, but because they've done some crazy stuff, they didn't have to do that. They did that. This this goes back. So going back to where you're banning fun, this goes back to destroying destroying city, cities. How how else do you destroy the superstructure? You take away the sports is one of them. Arts is another. Yeah. Mm. So you're taking away you're taking away the arts, you're taking taking away, and we talked about the arts. This is I haven't seen the Last Jedi yet, and I don't know that I will see it. I, I'm actually surprised it's not on free TV by now. Um, but they had to destroy the myths. They had to do it. So you're seeing capitalism being being certainly challenged. Sports being destroyed in by by self infliction. Mm. I mean, they're self inflicting this on themselves. They, you know, these guys have already got their millions. They're not ever going to have to suffer. But what about the kids coming up? Yeah, they're yeah. they're the ones that are be paying the price because they're not going to be getting this, these million multi hundred million dollar salaries. They're not going to get them. There's not the money's not going to be there. There's not going to be the eyes on TV. The ad revenue is not going to be there. So they're destroying another, another structure of capitalism. It's another. It's another uh, avenue. I think is what I would say. So, so that makes makes me think that only the rich can actually implement Marxism, because they have the ability to destroy things. Well, I mean, you, at some point, somebody. I, I won't say rich, but there will be somebody somewhere that is. That is, that is trying to get it done, and he, and because you need to look at the benefits of being at the top of the Marxism, Marxist, Leninist, Stalinist thing, is you're the one that dictates every what everybody else is supposed to do. There's yeah, so it's all about control. It's well, all about power. Control. And you know, it's interesting that there, there are several things that are really addictive. I haven't really talked about adrenochrome, but it's all over the web. If you don't know anything about it, you can go out and find it. That's, that's where the child stuff, but you talk about something addictive and people have a really hard time losing it as power. Not even control. You can, if you got power, you can control. That's, that's a thing. I understand that. Is it because they're so, they're so wealthy now that they're bored with their lives and they just want they just want some uh, more playthings to to? I do think to, yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a part of it is yeah when you get so as you exercise control over like uh, the coach is um, you know not, I want to say the coach brothers but that's not right back in the eighties they were trying to to corner the silver market 
it's to see it's a challenge to see if they can do it. I, it there were two brothers and I'm and the coach brothers of more recent ones, but this is nearly 40, 40 years ago now. They were trying to cover, they were trying to corner the silver market. I remember this. I just can't remember the names. They were two te, um, oh, two Texas oil billionaires. Hunt, the Hunt brothers. Mm. The Hunt brothers were trying to corner. So why, okay, they had a pretty good thing on the oil market. Why are they trying to corner the, oil, the silver market? What's the motivation? Okay, well, it gives them something where they can win and lose because they, if you got enough money, you're not going to lose. It's very rare, very rare that you're going to lose. And probably you can buy judges and pay for juries and prosecutors and all kinds of other stuff so you don't lose. Corruption. So that would be one thing. Um, so, so it's a game? It's something to pass the time? Yeah. It's a leisure activity for the rich? For moving chess pieces around and letting them destroy each other huh interesting yeah i mean i can see it i can see it because once you get to a certain level it's kind of like so okay so you you're you're sitting there you got your jeff bezos what gets you excited to get up in the morning you've already got 110 120 billion dollars what why is going to turn your crank to get up in the morning and challenge yourself. Right. I think one of those was buying the Washington Post. That was one. But I, who knows well, what? He bought the Washington Post because he eventually wants to run for president one day. You think I, that's I'm, what it is? I, I think he's got I'm, a snow bond. I'm 100% uh, convinced that he wants to run for president one day. I think he's got a, okay, well, he's, he's running, his window, if that's what you're saying, let's see, he's what, about 65, 70? I don't know. He's younger than that. How old is he? He's, he's younger the, than me then. Oh, yeah, he's younger than both of us, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> this sucks. Okay. What I was going to say is his window, because if, if Biden's, the, if Biden is at the upper end, I was thinking if Bezos is in his 60s, he's got a 20-year window, which is five election, five election cycle. He, gets, he is 56. He 56. So he's got um, he's got six he's got election a, cycles. He's got a long way to go. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is that I I have a feeling that's one of his one of the things he wants to check off his his uh, bucket list. Right is be president of the United States. For what we so I want somebody who's bored or so bored that he wants to be president. That's the guy I want running the country. <laughs> Which is probably what we we what people listening is well. That's what you got now. Well, yeah. I I wouldn't say that Trump was ever bored. <laughs> I just uh, he was never that wealthy. I wouldn't say. So. Or boring. It's always very, it's always very entertaining. That's what I liked about this whole thing. Like when I first heard that he was going to be running, I thought to myself, man, this is going to be entertaining. This is going to be pretty entertaining. <laughs> and he didn't disappoint. Oh, <laughs> Have I, I told you what I thought early on when, when he first ran, didn't I? 
Uh, probably. I, I, I don't remember. Refresh my memory. <laughs> okay. I thought Hillary hired him to run and then she was going to have him quit and then uh, we would be stuck with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. Well, you know what I thought? It's like I thought that um, I thought that this basically has cemented the fact that we need some some public figure like him to run in the future that we can't settle for regular politicians anymore. Yeah. Like we can't have, it's like post Trump, it'll have to be somebody like Oprah or the rock or, or <laughs> some, some public, uh, Jeff Bezos, some public figure who is not a politician and can be as entertaining, uh, would have to be who, who comes after, because I can't well, you imagine. Know, that was the, that was the whole thing about Reagan. Regular politics. That yeah. Reagan being an actor, he was such he was so entertaining that that's what everybody thought. Of course, we didn't get we got media. He not, I, I I don't think anybody was as media savvy as he was yeah. a long time until Clinton was really Clinton was really media savvy. I'm not I'm not sure about George W. Um, there's there's a lot of thought about that. Uh, hmm. Certainly Barack Obama was. There's no doubt he knew how he knew the he knew what buttons to push and what buttons not to push, even on his missteps. I mean, at the moment, he still got a halo hanging around him, not in the conservative circles, but most of the rest of the country. If they could figure out how to get him back in office, I think they would. Well, yeah, they were saying that they were going to run Michelle and him as uh, as uh, vice president or something. No, it's Michelle and Hillary. I think is what it is. But okay. something. Came, so you so you said this. I think I saw this this morning on one of my one of my podcasts or vlogcast uh, about uh, Kamala Harris saying the the Harris Biden administration. Oh yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention that. <laughs> and I, what, I, that was that was a Freudian slip that she might not have needed to make. I don't think that was a Freudian slip at all. I think I think that's what they're that's what they're thinking. And they're going to rotate them. It, it it led me to the thinking that um, whenever anybody makes a mistake like that, it is the truth coming out. Right. It's like well, that's a Freudian mistakes. slip. It's it's what you're really yeah. thinking, but it just comes out. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think that's, but I think almost every error is that, right? Every error is a Freudian slip. It, well, it could be, or it could be intentional. Mm. So you, you've heard of floating a trial balloon, right? Yep, yep, yep. The, you've got to really pay attention to see what they float out there, to see, because to, every, nearly every sentence they state is probably polled. Not poll tested, but poll to see whether there's resonance on this on this demographic or this audience or or whatever they're looking for the psycho down psychographic or whatever else they're putting out there. Mindshare is the last one I heard to see what what is working. So they're they're looking for the the word, and this is Frank Luntz. You know, Frank Luntz. That's yeah. what he does. Yeah. He's, and I, I really admire him for doing as, as a facilitator is being able to go in there with and keep them from tearing each other apart. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it kind of it leads me to think that 
it's amazing how inauthentic all of this has become, right? There's no authenticity left behind. It's like it, every moment, every, 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 every even error has been engineered for testing. So that it's like, you, you can't say anything. And I think that's, that's what they're so afraid of with Biden saying something off the cuff that will like destroy him. That's why he's, he's being so managed. I don't, I honestly, I don't think he could say anything that is going to destroy him. Mm. I think he's so protected and there's so much money going into him and there's so much TDS that he could, unless he says I'm going to bomb Britain tomorrow with a nuclear (laughs) bomb. I I think, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll be fine because he's got the news media on his side. And he's got the the most of the D.C. politicians and the swamp on his side. I don't use that word very often, but I I knew there I knew there was a deep state before they have ever actually named it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know because I'd read about the Curia in the in the Vatican City, and the Pope doesn't run the Catholic Church. The Curia does. Deep mm-hmm. state. It, so, and and working. At, at, at NASA, one of the, one of my client organizations had a new leader come in, and quickly with all the stuff he uh, he was really enlightened. I won't say progressive anymore because that's got a bad connotation. He was an enlightened leader, leader, and he was coming in doing all these things. And his organization said, "That's not how we do it around here." Mm-hmm. They trained him to be the way they are instead of him staying in there. And, and essentially, this is what you were talking about, the personality, not just entertaining, is you have to have somebody at the top of the heap who can put up with the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. And mom, when mom was here, mom said, why does he do it? Why does it, because, I mean, half the country loves Trump and the other half really hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who would ever want to be in that position? That's that's the thing. It, whoever's got to be there has got to be, you know, oh, he's a narcissist. Well, yeah, you need a narcissist mentality to be able to stand up there and do the job because he, he still does the job and tell them to take a flying leap to the rolling donut. <laughs> okay, well, I got to go. I know, I know, I know. More, I know we're over time. One more thing. One more thing to uh, to talk think about is that you know why why are they so dishonest when it comes to polling? Why are they always so dishonest when it comes to polling? Because if you look at every poll, every stinking poll is always skewed Democrat. Do you think that's close to reality, or they're just again trying to manipulate? Are, well, I will I will say this: Are they readjusting their skull their their uh, demographic uh, population in polling? to account for the new registrations in Pennsylvania of 56,000 Trump supporters and the loss of 86,000 Democrats. Mm. Mm. No. Where are they getting their numbers? If you look at all, every single stinking poll, it's like, I would like to see one poll where they actually look at the real numbers. There are no real numbers. These are all constructed. No, I mean, why, why do they oversample Democrats all the time? Well, all how else time. are you going to be able to get the results you want? 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like not even not even the supposed conservative or 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 not conservatives, the, the supposed neutral organizations sample at the same rate, right? They don't. Well, I mean, where are they getting their numbers? Statistics. Where are they getting their numbers? They're getting their numbers more than likely from the secretaries of each state. You think there might be some skewed numbers in that? I do. All right. Well, that makes total sense. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. I'll I'll talk talk to you next week. That was good. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.